Good evening to you. Uh, welcome along to another cricket podcast, compliments of the bigkickoff.com. Delighted to say we have not one, not two, not three, but four people on this evening. Um, we've got quite a bit to discuss in the next half an hour or so. First of all, good evening to Annie, Annie Shane. How are you, Annie? I'm good, thank you. Very excited about uh, the up-and-coming test. Yes, aren't we all? And uh, we, <laughs> for the next, I was going to say five days. Hopefully it will be stretched to five days. Uh, <laughs> That's wishful thinking. Magged in our eyes and uh, be very tired. Uh, talking of which, Wes, uh, Wes Beaver, good evening to you, Wes. Good evening. How are you, Peter? I'm very well, thank you. I know you're, you, you will be uh, literally uh, watching the ashes because you're working for a well-known organisation. Go on, tell us more about it. Yeah, correct. So... Yeah, the broadcasters, BT Sport, basically wanted me to get involved, basically live clipping, social media producer for, for the Ashes. So, yeah, any clips you see you see, you see overnight, they'll come from me. And yeah, it's, it's been great fun so far. Well, mm. let's, hope, let's hope we have some good clips for a change. No, no disrespect to your clips. But <laughs> Fingers well, I mean, crossed. Very green clips <laughs> as opposed to Australian clips. Uh, swiftly moving on, Ben, Ben Kosky. Good evening to you, Ben. Evening, Peter. How's things? Yeah, all good, thanks. I uh, I can't promise I'll be uh, up and at the same time as, as Wes will, but I'll <laughs> certainly be uh, be watching and uh, you know what what watching with interest uh, to see uh, how how the test unfolds. Yes, well, if you cast your mind back, uh, there was a lot of excitement before the opening test in um, uh, Brisbane, and uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> how shall I start this introduction? After one delivery, uh, that fell flat on his face, and then virtually after uh, uh, England being bowled out for a, a paltry 147, then most people, they wanted to do was go to bed, actually, and switch off, literally. Um, but some of us stayed with it as well. Yes, it wasn't very good. We know England have got to bounce back. Obviously, we'll, we'll look ahead to tomorrow's uh, day-night test in Adelaide. But first of all, Ben, I'll come on to you. Um, hindsight is a wonderful thing, as we all know. Um, we could sit and have a podcast where England went wrong, which would probably last a week, actually, but obviously we've got to condense it into 35 minutes virtually. Uh, England won the toss, but before this event, would you have generally felt that was a good decision to, to actually make it as, as such? As, as you said, Peter, hindsight is a wonderful thing. And, and if the, the outcome of the test, I mean, previous England captains have found the same thing. Nasser Hussein will always be remembered for making what turned out to be the wrong decision at the Gabba some years ago. You know, it, it can pan out and, you know, sometimes. And if it doesn't, then you'll get slated for it. But um, I think would that have made a difference? I don't know. Uh, for me, the team selection was wrong. Um, I think, like many people, when uh, you know the test, the, the sides were announced. I was absolutely astonished to see Stuart Broad left out. Um, I think that was 
completely baffling. I think it gave Australia a psychological advantage as one of the bowlers that they would have been concerned about. Um, and really things followed from there. But, you know, in, in some ways, I shouldn't be surprised because I felt for, for a long time that the selection uh, for an England test side is, is always governed by one thing, which is uh, that they are worried about the batting being too brittle. Um, and that then uh, transfers itself into all other areas of the team um, to the extent that they're thinking, how long is the tail? And, you know, if we've got Chris Wokes coming in at eight, that's got to be a better bet because he might, you know, get 40 or 50 runs. Um, but this sort of policy is, is the reason why we don't play our best wicketkeeper in test matches, Ben Folks. It's the same reason Jack Leach has been uh, on the sidelines or was on the sidelines all summer because he doesn't make enough runs um, and, and everything else goes out of the window. And I, I just think, you know, that for me is always a wrong uh, line to take because the bottom line is if your top order doesn't, doesn't do the business, it really doesn't matter what you have coming in lower down. Um, and, I, and I think that's proved to be the case once again, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, Personally, Ben, I 100% agree with you, to be honest with you. I, I was astounded. Well, mainly, yeah, the admission of Stuart Broad, I totally get, uh, and I think it was wrong. But at the end of the day, it's happened on not just one occasion, has it? It's happened on a few occasions uh, in the case of Broad. But to go without Anderson and to go, in my opinion, with your two best and most experienced bowlers in an opening Ashes test, forget about the wicket, <laughs> to me, I... I just couldn't fathom that out, Ben, because I'm sure if Australia, when they saw that team sheet and realised there's no Anderson, there's no Broad either, you know, what what are they going in with? Is yeah, absolutely, absolutely right, Peter. It's it's the psychology of it. Um, when yeah. you look at that team sheet and you see, oh, they've not picked their two most experienced bowlers. So that's uh, that's good news for us. I mean, I'm I'm... Oh, Wes won't remember this because because uh, he's a bit too young. Um, the, the, you, you two might, I don't know, but I was recalling um, the uh, the Brisbane Test um, of eighty six eighty seven. I was quite young, but anyway, but I do remember it, and um, uh, which England, of course, won that series. And uh, and I think I'm right in saying it was it was almost almost the reverse situation. Australia left out their most experienced bowler at that time, who was Jeff Lawson, uh, and went in with a very inexperienced bowling attack. England proceeded to knock up the big score first innings and ended up winning comfortably. That set the tone for the series. Um, and, and I see parallels in that. I, I, I just think, as, as you said, Peter, once, once you've decided you're not playing Anderson because you're keeping him back for Adelaide, perhaps, Broad has got to be a must. You, you just can't go in without uh, without both of those. Um, and uh, and I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens now in Adelaide because there is some talk Broad may miss out again. And uh, I would suggest if he does, it will be for the same reasons because they're worried about the length of the tail, um, which for me is just crazy. Well, yeah, because after all, Ben, anybody will tell you if you're a mathematician or not. Yeah, all right. Even if you got brittle batting, you've still got to take twenty wickets to win a test match, haven't you? Yeah, of, of course you have. And um, 
you know, you, you've got to, it, it's the, the balance, isn't it? You've got to take 20 wickets, but you've also got to put some runs on the board. And uh, I'm afraid bottom line is you just feel, well, we, we've seen it time and again. There's a fragility to England's batting. Um, if Joe Root doesn't uh, come up with the goods, who's going to? Um, which I know that might sound a bit harsh on, obviously Milan got some runs in Brisbane. Um, thought Hasib Hamid played uh, pretty well at the top of the order. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you contrast that again with, with Australia, who have just got a few more people there that, that you think they're going to hold it together. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you, you wait and see, don't you? But, um, but I just fear it might be a similar situation again and um you know they, they, they may end up uh, leaving out someone they shouldn't leave out in my opinion again um but uh you know again jack, jack leach is an interesting issue which annie can probably mm-hmm. you know give, give uh, more detailed opinions on on jack leach than, than than i can um but uh for me personally i would be playing him despite the fact he got rather savaged by the australian batters in Brisbane um, I just think you, you you go into that test match without the spinning option it's a it's a big danger um, and, and again it would be I think a crying shame if they left him out because they think he doesn't make enough runs which I think is a possibility very much so I, I'm going to come to Jack Leach and save that section just for Annie actually because I know she's going to have a <laughs> two-penny work there understandably so um, <laughs> I'm going to preempt what you're going to say, Annie. Um, Wes, I'm going to move on to you. Uh, ben, thanks for that. I'll come back to you shortly. Ben's got a good point. I mean, we've talked about this on the big uh, kickoff cricket podcast a while, uh, Wes, and I know I've talked to you on various radio, radio shows about it. England's top order, how many times has it failed? Uh, I, I wish I was a good statistician who would have made notes of how many times the top four or five have fallen. Um because I could probably quote you a percentage-wise. Um, it is difficult, we know. I mean, the openers, positions, that's all, always been up for discussion. Rory Burns, another failure, Wes. I think he's had six ducks, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, in 2021. Um, who's to say that he might, hopefully not, but he, he might add to that, make it seven. Hopefully not, but... It's not just Rory Burns. It just does seem to be this top order. What's your take on England's top order in particular? Well, as, as you say, it is extremely fragile. And it, as has been said, if, if Root doesn't get runs, if Stokes doesn't get runs, then it's a case of <laughs> that, that, that's about it, really. Um, and to be fair to Burns, it wasn't long ago that he was player of the series against New Zealand. Yes, it was only a two-test series. He, he got 100, but... Since then, he hasn't really done a lot. But then again, no, no one else in that England batting order really has stood up and, and scored proper big runs, scored hundreds, scored 50s consistently. Um, Milan, I think, since he's come back, has done all right. Got a 50 on his, on his return against India and, of course, got that 50 in, in Brisbane. And I think he's averaging close to 50 now in Australia. So I think, personally, he should stay at number three. Uh, for the rest of the season and hopefully continue that into next year and a, and a few years lo- uh, down the line as well. Um, as Ben said, I think Haseeb Hamid played not brilliantly, but did well enough at, at the top of the order, played his usual sort of gritty uh, innings, not quite as gritty as, as Tom Sibley has done in the past, but um, yeah, played fairly comfortably and 
was perhaps a bit unlucky in that second innings, being sort of snaffled down the leg side a bit. But um, did get a, a good ball in the first innings from Pat Cummins, and and I don't, again just going a bit further down, he got Pope who played all right again in the first innings. Didn't play a great shot in the second innings to to line trying to cut a ball that was way too close to him, I think. And then also got a bit of uh, that ball bounced a little bit as well. But um, I don't really see anyone else in the England squad in the what, 18 players that they have got over there who can come in for any of the, the top four. I mean, you've got Crawley there who had a horrific series <laughs> or horrific English summer, really. And even as a Kent fan, I just don't see how we can get back into this England side at the moment. I think England have to, they have to back their batters. The, the, the top seven that they've got, from Burns down to Butler, I, I too would like to see Ben Folks in the side, but I think England, England the way, well, the, the way they've seen Joss Butler in the past, we know what he can do in white ball, white ball cricket. England want him to translate that into red ball cricket as well. And yeah, Ben Folks has got a better first class average, but I think the experience of Butler, I mean, he's vice captain of the side. So I think that adds a little bit in his favour as well. But um, I just don't see anyone else crawly. Um, Lawrence, for example, any any of the youngsters really in the squad, I don't see how they can improve England's battle line, whether it be in the top three or or swap one out for for Pope, for example. So England just have to back their batters. A back Burns to to come back and get a century. Hopefully, it's not when we're four 0 down in the last test at uh, at Hobart now. Um, but hopefully, someone somewhere. I hope Milan gets runs again, like he did four years ago, and. Just we have to hope. Really, <laughs> that's all we can do. That that someone, some one of the lesser experienced players, will stand up and, and score big runs this season because that's how you win win Test matches, win series in Australia. Yeah, you've got a good point there. And you mentioned about you know putting runs on the ball, whether it's an Ashes series or any series uh, in particular, with and time and time again, you, you know, you look at England's first innings total. They've been abysmal, haven't they? To be perfectly frank. So my question to you, and I've said this to a few people in particular, why is it that other countries, all right, let's talk Australia, they can post a reasonable score, can't they, on any sort of condition, yeah, any type of pitches, New Zealand, the list goes on, India, Pakistan, but it just seems to be with England, they cannot post a a decent, shall we say, or a competitive first innings total. I mean, I know... You know, you could argue and sit down and look at England's second news. Yeah, okay. But quite right, if you take David Milan's knockout and you take Joe Root's knockout, and obviously there was runs lower on down, the true. But again, the damage has been done, hasn't it, by that poor first inning total. And anybody will tell you, I mean, you followed enough cricket, whereas obviously, like me, uh, I know you're a lot younger than me, true, but even so, you still followed it. Um, if, you, if, if you're only going to post 100... Well, less than 150 virtually, or shy off that, you've said no chance, do you? Uh, on well, even trying to save a test, let's put it this way. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think the test match was probably lost on that first day. I mean, winning the toss back first, you expect to get 400, 450 plus in an ideal world, and yeah, we, we can. As, as much as we like about the toss, whether it was the right decision, wrong decision, but the way England went about that that first innings was just woeful, <laughs> really. And you can't win a test match on the first day, but you, you can definitely lose one. Um, but the, the preparation coming into this series, I mean, two warm-up games, both were heavily rain-affected. 
they got under 150 overs under the players' belts before going into a five-test series, which for me is nowhere near enough. And yes, we had quarantine issues with Australia. We had the T20 World Cup, so Butler and Milan couldn't join until later on. But yeah, just the the whole preparation, and that goes right back to county cricket, domestic cricket in in the UK. I mean. Yeah, we had the the hundred, and I'm going to bring that up. <laughs> I'm sure some some others might want to bring that up, but um, yeah, to have this new tournament being played slap bang in the middle of the summer when pitches would be good for batting, batters can get uh, more confident in playing the bowlers that, or getting used to playing on pitches that are more similar to Australia. They're obviously not completely the same, but dry, fast, hard pitches like we've seen in Brisbane. I'm sure Adelaide will be the same. The MCG. Will probably be again similar to that, quite hard, quite bouncy, and playing when it's covered in snow in, in April and May it doesn't really help prepare anyone for the sort of conditions that you that you expect in, in Brisbane, Adelaide, etc. So, yeah, the ECB I think for a few years now have been focusing too heavily on white ball cricket, and to some extent you can understand that with the World Cup in 2019, the T20 World Cup this year. I think we've got another one next year as well in India or somewhere. But for now, I think we've finally, well, I wouldn't say finally starting to see, we have been seeing the effect of, of, of the white ball priority in the test. I mean, I've, I've got the batter's stats up in a route 1500 runs at 64. The next best Burns has got less than 500 runs at an average of under 30. Only Milan's the other one to average over 30 mm. out of all of England's batsmen this year. And that is just horrendous. Something needs to be done. And can cricket, Red Bull cricket, first class cricket, needs to be played in the summer it needs to be played in july august yep yep up to the front to the back end of the season sure Addy, want to talk about that as well i knew annie would chip in there <laughs> sorry I, I, I could sense it i could sense i've it. been biting my tongue you know i, I know you have right back to where it's your time to come now annie um <laughs> we're not going to slate jack uh, jack leach to be fair um i totally take ben's point he he's been well, virtually unused or used in small stages, shall we say. He's had no preparation, true, at the end of the day. Um, yes, he was virtually out of the attack, wasn't he? What was it, one for 102 or uh, 13 overs? Um, you know, all right, you could argue, well, perhaps they should not have gone in with a spinner and, and just played a pace attack, possibly. But then at the end of the day, I don't think that would have been a the result, no. You know, we all got to agree Australia were by far and away superior, virtually in every department. But what's your take on Jack Leach then, uh, uh, Annie? Well, he's, he has been treated um, badly. I'm not, uh, you know, it, it's been really, really unfortunate with COVID. Um, he was poorly uh, early on. Um, he's he's got some some medical issues anyway so um they had to be really careful with him uh then um he just was basically taking the drinks out for probably the last two seasons pretty much um we've missed him massively at somerset and then when he came back at the end of the season he played a few games um so he's he's had hardly any preparation whatsoever the first test it was green green pitch um yeah really hard not you know to go in without a spinner um but he was just really unlucky he was put in uh for the first innings um and didn't get to uh bowl for the second inning so um 
I feel really, really, really sorry for him. And uh, I, I, I think, he, you know, the pitch for the next game is supposed to be quite dry already. You know, it's going to be a turner. Um, but it really depends, again, on toss, uh, where we, you know, where, where we bat and bowl. And uh, those lights are going to make a hell of a difference as well. So, um, you know, he could just going back to what was, you know, I have to get into this this bit about the um, poor pitches um, uh, and, and playing, you know, uh, cricket, red ball cricket out of se proper season is is just crazy and um, I I did have a in my last magazine I interviewed uh, Simon Dool and one of the things he I said how come New Zealand are doing so well you know they're they're flying and everything he said playing on proper pitches it's massive it's huge and we don't get give our players that chance because even you know most of the England players don't play any county cricket or very very rarely um so you know they're not they're not getting that practice on the pitches that really count. Or we get this silly issue, and this this is my being the bonnet type thing in particular, of resting players. When when players yeah. can play, when they can't play. Um, because at the end of the day, all right, yeah, players have to have rest. You know, I totally mm. get that, full stop. But look, when you've got a squad, that's the idea of it. You use the squad, true. But the problem is, you're getting situations, aren't you, Andy, where players are having to be rested on one game, can't play for, goodness knows how many weeks into months, get thrown back in for another game, uh, could end up, whether you're a batsman, or so you get <laughs> the best delivery of the whole match and that's it. No yeah, exactly. I mean, we have so many formats now that it's really hard, you know, do they play in all the formats or do you rest the players for that format or you know it's it's just a bit of a lottery and and they don't you know in our country um resting players um if it's sunny you're resting a player when it's sunny and then the next week it's tipping it down you know and they don't get a chance it's uh it's a really you know it's a really difficult one bowlers want a bowl batsmen want a bat you know it's uh, yeah. it's, it's the way it is problem. And yeah, and yeah. they don't leech them want to be taken. His confidence is completely shot. I mean, how can it not be anything other than that? All he's been doing is taking drinks out. Um, he he deserves to be given a chance um, to uh, bowl in the second innings, you know, and and on a turning pitch would be helpful too. Yeah, hundred percent right. You know, cricket's like all sport, isn't it? It's a confidence factor, isn't it? If if you know if you've got a spinner who's only going to bowl X amount of overs, hardly takes mm -hmm. a wicket. Uh, spinners, bowlers, they thrive on wickets, don't they? That's a confidence factor. You know, yeah, and when also you're the ball is it for a few overs? Like, no, that's right. Um, also, it's it's obvious Root doesn't really, really trust Leach because he, he never puts, well, he rarely puts in a really attacking field. If you look at the field for Lion, you know, you think, oh, my God, you know, there's going to there's going to be wickets here. You don't Excellent get that point. sense with Leach. Excellent point. But there's a reason for that, I think, in particular, Annie, <laughs> because you can set attacking fields if you are... Defending a tote, a big tote. Yeah, yeah. And this is the other problem, isn't it? You see, it's yeah, I agree. You've got to set attacking fields, but when mm. you've only got 150, <laughs> it's difficult, isn't it? More than anything, it, it certainly is. Yeah, any captain will tell you that. Yeah, mm. um, so look, let's quickly move on to uh, 
forget the doom and gloom. Let's look on positive issues. Uh, fingers crossed at four o'clock tomorrow morning and the first delivery gets bold. Um, ben, day-night cricket, yeah, it's great for fans, but it, let's be honest, <laughs> pink ball, it's a lottery, isn't it? And that, my fear would be uh, so many things are going to come into play, aren't they, with this test coming up? I think you're right, Peter. There, there is a certain degree of un, un, uncertainty uh, in a pink ball test. Um, we, we've seen that before. You get some odd things happening. The, the only thing you can pretty much predict is that uh, the test is unlikely to go the full distance. Um, that tends not to happen. Um, I mean, I think as, as Wes is on here, I should probably just um, recount my, my own experience of pink ball in county cricket, which was a few years ago. When I had the misfortune to uh, see uh, Middlesex bowled out at Canterbury for, I think, gosh, well, certainly double figures. I think, I think, I think they're about fifty odd for nine um, on the first evening, um, or something like that. And um, you know, it was it was just a really kind of a farcical situation. The, the conditions you could see were just pretty much the, the bowling was unplayable, which is no you know disrespect to, to the bowling on that day but um the contest itself became very lopsided and uh so much dependent on what time of day you're or night you're, you're batting in and, and so on um and uh i think in this of course we've also got a factor in that australia have a very good record in pink ball tests you know they're, <laughs> they're one of the sides that seem to have uh really taken to it although perhaps counter that by saying most of the pink ball tests have been at home, probably at Adelaide. So, um, and, and England, as we know, have not had that good a time of it, aside from uh, when, uh, when, we when won we one. played. We won we one, won. I think, at Edgbaston uh, a few years ago. So, so yeah, it is It is a bit of a lottery. I mean, from a selfish point of view, I think those, those of us in the UK are probably happy that the cricket is on at a slightly more sociable time um, overall. But, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's hard to predict. And, of course, we're going to have a, a second um, day-night test now in the series to finish off in Hobart. So, um, so yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll await with interest, I suppose. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Ben. Yes, yes. So, Wes, um, one nil down. Very few teams in an Ashes series come from one nil down. I don't want to rub any more doom and gloom in. <laughs> um, but heart on heart, do you feel England can get back into this test? I mean, obviously, first of all, they've got to get a win, haven't they, in this second test? If they go two nil down, then surely that is curtains. But can you see a bit of light at the end of the tunnel? I, I want to see it, but I, I don't think I can, to be truly honestly. I mean, England don't have a, a great history at Brisbane anyway. So, as you said, they, they do need to bounce back and bounce back big at, at Adelaide. And then and if, if the MCG test match is anything like it was four years ago, then that that could be a bore draw and then we could go into the last two tests one all <laughs> with two to play i mean that's me being optimistic but realistically i, I just don't see england getting a win <laughs> over the course of over the course of the series i mean as we just said england have won one pink ball test match australia have won however many more than that so i suppose the, the conditions may slightly favor england more than they did at brisbane but 
home advantage Australia, they've just got a better team than England. I mean, if you look at their batting lineup, just for example, in Warner, yeah, he's been a, hit, a bit hit and miss recently, but 50 in the first test, Smith and Labashane, um, Kerry, who I think is a better batsman than Tim Payne, Travis Hedder hit a blinding 100 in at Brisbane with the third fastest, I think, in Ash's history. And their bowling attack is, is second to none, one of the best in the world. So realistically, I don't see England winning. They, they could win one, and that could be at Hobart when, it, when Australia already have it 4-0. So, but yeah, I, I don't see England. For all the optimism, and as optimistic as I want to be, the Ashes aren't coming home this year. <laughs> Annie, you know, I know, can't I know. believe you said that. <laughs> Annie. But, but, but actually, Wes, I just, just wanted to pick up on something you said there, which is kind of going back to, to one of the points I was making before, um, it, which is that, you know, England are obsessed with how many runs is the tail going to make. Australia don't seem to have that concern. You know, I mean, Hazelwood obviously is, is injured for this test, but normally... There's no question about the makeup of their attack. It's Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark, and Lyon. That's it. And no one's sort of questioning: Does Stark make enough runs? Does Hazelwood make enough runs? You know, it, it's not an issue. Um, they can all they can all bat though a little bit. Well, they they can all bat. I think I think I mean Hazelwood's average prob probably not the greatest in in Test cricket. No. I don't know, but but again, you know what you know what I mean that they're going to look at what damage can he do with the ball? And, and the answer is plenty. Um, whereas I think England have just got this fixation with, is our tail going to be strong enough? And that all stems from, as we said, the concern about the top order, really. Yeah, but the truth is that, that our middle order is not strong enough at the moment. So that is why they have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Again, you see, it all, it all boils down to runs, isn't it? And batting. Yes. At the end of the day, you know, you've still got to put runs on the board. It's as simple as that. And, and, and I, go, I take Ben's point as well. You're, you're spot on, Ben. Um, you, you've named those four Australian bowlers. Now, yep. anybody in their right mind, that would always be a first-choice bowling attack, wouldn't it? Definitely. You, you wouldn't doubt that, would you? You wouldn't turn around and have any hesitation saying, well, he, like Ben's point was, well, he, I'm not too sure about, uh, can he get runs at the end? Well, well, no, because at the end of the day, he's there to take wickets, and he will take wickets because he's in a top four bowling attack, which on paper is exceptionally good, and they've proved that in the case, and of course will take wickets. So forget about the run situation, isn't it? More than anything mm -hmm. else, it, it, it is that. Yeah. You know, Ben's point is 100% is right, but... Well, that's how I see it, Peter, but I'm not a selector. No, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> you'd like to be. More's the pity. Yeah, <laughs> I think you should put that to an ECB meeting and say, look, at the end of the day, this is the fact. This is the truth, because it's 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 simple on paper, isn't it? And, and, and it works. You know, at the end of the day, you are right. You know? But as Addy was saying, of course, this all boils down to a top order and middle order that unfortunately isn't consistent. Uh, if it was consistent, we probably wouldn't be having this discussion, would we? About <laughs> <laughs> you no. know, batsman and, 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 and you know why isn't Brawl playing why isn't Tyne so playing as such no. as well. I still think we're going to win one I still think we're going to win one I I, I, I think we're going to you know we, we come on we, we're getting Broad back he's going to get Warner that you know that's that's going to be they're not going to score loads of runs so yeah we, we, it's going to be one all I reckon oh, and Andy, the other... Robinson in form as well 
the, the other ones will all be called off because of COVID. There you are. That's my prediction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right, you heard it here first. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I tell you what, if you're right, you, 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 your your crystal ball is fantastic. That's all I can say. Definitely. Um, <laughs> it's wishful thinking. It's called Peter. <laughs> yeah, I know it's wishful thinking. True, but if you're an England cricket fan, it's been like this for many, many years, and. Uh, we all know that. I, I do. I do agree with Annie, though. I think England will win a test in the series. Unfortunately, yeah, I think it's it been will a be long time, and the it? ashes are already lost. But mm. I, I think I think they will win one certainly. Yeah. I, I, I for, for my two pennies worth, I tend to agree. I, I think they will win one, and I think I go along. I think West Bench it will probably be in a no contest when Australia would have been celebrating, and most of the players probably wouldn't be able to good enough to go on the field anyhow. So at the end of the day, you know. It won't make any difference anyhow. <laughs> um, Annie, <coughs> Wiz, uh, Ben, pleasure as always to catch up with you and talk uh, cricket. This has been the Big Kickoff Cricket Podcast. I've been Peter Moore. Thanks very much to my guests. Um, try and enjoy the second test. That's all we can say. And, uh, <laughs> the third and the fourth and hopefully the fifth. But time will tell. Thank you once again for listening, uh, all three of you. Uh, enjoy tomorrow, or try to anyhow, and uh, we'll speak again soon.